Good morning. And welcome to worship this morning at Edgeboro Moravian Church. We are a community dedicated to loving God, growing in Christ, and sharing the Holy Spirit with those around us. I'd like to start off this morning with a few uh, uh, announcements of different things that are going on in the life of this community. First, you will see that the bulletin looks a little bit different than uh, what it has in uh, services past. Uh, some of that stuff is the same, and yet some of that stuff is a little bit different, and some uh, is uh, some changes are yet to come as well. So uh, uh, keep your eyes peeled on the bulletin uh, as uh, as some new things will be coming out with that. But as is printed in your bulletin, uh, we will uh, I'll uh, highlight a few things, and we'll open up to anybody else who has other events to add. Uh, this Thursday at 6 o'clock, the Joint Board will be meeting, and uh, that will be followed by the Elders meeting. That's this Thursday, 6 o'clock, and then 7 o'clock uh, for Elders. Uh, next Sunday, October 7th, we'll be having our Benevolence Breakfast. That will begin at 8 in the morning and last through the beginning of our second service. Uh, so we hope that you uh, uh, come hungry next Sunday. Also around that time, actually two days before, but they will be available for pickup on Sunday, is that sugar cakes will be uh, ready for, for you if you order. Again, if you, you will see the order form in your bulletin. They are due on Tuesday, and the cakes will be made on Friday. Two Sundays from now, on October 14th, the Crop Walk will be taking place here in Bethlehem. Uh, this is an annual event put on by Church World Services, and there are two ways that you can help with this, uh, uh, with this event. You'll see an insert in your bulletin about that as well. Uh, you can walk on the 14th at 1 o'clock uh, under the Hill to Hill Bridge. We'll be meeting, and then 1.30 we will be walking. There are three different loops, one, three, and six miles uh, it is dog-friendly. There are rest stops along the way. Uh, so that is one way that you can uh, help with the cause. And the second way is by donating. Uh, you can either donate to the church office or online. Uh, the Crop Walk page for Edgeboro can be found through the uh, regular church website, Edgeboro's website. Three weeks from now, on October 21st, we'll be having our anniversary Sunday. We'll be celebrating our 104th uh, anniversary of ministry of this congregation uh, with uh, one service at 10 a.m., uh, a love feast during the service, and then a lunch that will follow. And finally, many of you received a letter that was mailed to our congregation uh, about two weeks ago uh, from the Board of Elders regarding a proposed change to our regular Sunday morning worship schedule. If you have not done so already, please uh, review that letter. Uh, if you haven't gotten a copy and would like another copy, uh, we can certainly get you on the church office can. Uh, and uh, we hope that you review that in a very timely manner this week and the next couple of days. Uh, the Board of Elders greatly appreciates your prayerful consideration with that. Are there any other events or announcements of other things that uh, would like to be shared? Yes, Greg.
Thank you, Greg. So vote common good at the, uh, the Rose Garden here in Bethlehem uh, on Tuesday, 5.30 or 6.30. Start to last till about 8.30. Thank you, Greg, for that reminder. Are there any other events or announcements? Seeing none, then let us continue on with our worship service uh, as uh, we hear those weekly words that guide us, and then we will join in our unison prayer together. Good morning. The daily text watchword for the week comes from Psalm 19, verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. Please join me in the unison prayer. Merciful Lord, you are God of all wisdom and understanding. In the community, the church, and the kingdom that you have created, help us to discern your will and understand your ways as one. Thank you for calling us together so that we do not have to work struggle, celebrate, or live alone. In our Savior's name we pray, amen. Please turn to page 119, the liturgy for Christian homes found in your books of worship. And as we join our voices in song and prayer together in this liturgy, let us stand. Eternal God and creator of our first home and our only true rest, we gather as your family to celebrate our diverse homes and to seek your blessings on them. God of relationships, you have put within our hearts a longing that only you can satisfy, yet we need each other to learn of your steadfast love throughout all generations. Open our hearts we may learn from your biblical heritage how to manifest your love. Please be seated. God, our creator, in the garden you formed our first parents and found them good. At first, in their innocence, they trusted you and helped each other, but they sinned and fell short of your purposes for them. Forgive us our sins. And give us grace to trust you in the goodness of your creation and your design. You called Sarah and Abraham to go out from their homeland to begin a new nation in covenant with you. In their old age, you gave them a child whose name meant laughter. In our homes, may we live with their trust and courage, their humor, and their sense of mission. Increase our faith and give us grace to answer your call. You strengthened Ruth and Naomi 
in the face of grief and bitterness, to remain loyal to each other and to journey to new life. And seek us to support each other. When you came to earth incarnate God, you had no place to lay your head. God of the stable, bless the homeless and bring them to a place of shelter. Keep us aware and give us grace to be family to others. Rejoicing Savior, you sanctified marriage by your presence at Cana in Galilee. You restored life and health and balance in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Be a holy guest within our homes, filling our ordinary days with newness of life and mutual joy. Grant us the grace to recognize you as the Christ among us and to be open to your miracles of change. Suffering God, from the cross you cared for your loved ones, saying to Mary, Woman, behold your son, and to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his home. Bless all families and enable them to form new bonds of love. Comfort us in our brokenness to claim our relationship as your children. Life-giving spirit, you came in power to form and guide the church, a family with varied gifts and graces. Grant that church and home may model for each other the nurturing of individuals and the growth of community. We recognize the difficulty of forming family with those who are different from ourselves and with those who are like ourselves. We confess our failure to love and grow, our impatience for others to change, our blindness to one another's needs, yet we rejoice that you have given us each other, and we dedicate ourselves to mutual support and love, trusting not in our own strength, but in your strong compassion. Bless and guide us, triune God, and enable us to support and love each other. Let us stand.
Please be seated. And at this time, I would invite uh, all children of God, well, those that are children at heart, if you would like to come forward as well, please do. But, there we go. I need you to take a step of faith here. All right. So this isn't really a game, but maybe more a step of faith, I guess. So what I'd like you to do is take a cup, and I'm going to take a cup too. Put it on the ground, and you've got to stand up, and see if you can balance on that cup. I got a cup too, okay? I already knocked it over, so I'm not off to a good start. And go? Nope, that didn't work. Okay, all right, that didn't work. Yeah, we'll just, we'll do that. Okay, so, so that didn't, that didn't work. Okay, we're going to try something later in a little bit, but, uh, you know, that's kind of like it, when we're by ourselves, sometimes it's hard to do stuff, right? Sometimes it's really hard to do things by ourselves. We can't do it all alone, especially when life gets really tough. And we are going to read a Bible story about Moses, where things got really tough for him, and what he needed was something different. Maybe not exactly this. He needed a lot of cups, right? No, what he needed is a team. He needed more people to help him out, okay? So what I need is your help. And what we're going to do right here is we're going to put a bunch of cups down. Two at a time, because we need even more people. And the more people we have to support us, the stronger we can be. Yep, so if you just do exactly that, that would help a lot. And we got to set out all of these cups. Okay, we got a lot of people here that are willing to uh, support Moses and support us. Okay. So we need four rows, Ben. Just like that. And if we have many people with us, sometimes we can do things that we can't do on our own. So Ben, go ahead and balance on those cups. And just like that, you are standing on those cups. In fact, that gives you a little bit of height, too. I like that. You probably like that, too, huh? You're about as tall as I am now. Well, if you step off, this is even strong enough for me. So, see, you could have done this, too. <laughs> Yeah, I could use some, you know, sometimes I wish I was 6'4", you know. Yeah, that would be great. God gives us people to help us out. And that's what we're going to read in the Bible, but that's what we all need to remember. People in the church and people in our families too. God gives us people to help us. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks 
that we do not have to live alone. And we thank you that when times are tough, you give us people to help us and to love us and to support us. So thank you, Lord, for never leaving our side. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking that step of faith with me. You can go back to your seats. Yep, and walk on it just like that once again. <laughs> I hope you don't have too many trays at home because that might be something, you know, making a staircase of trays might be something Ben might try to do, but I don't know. So with that, as I clean up, let us move on with our worship service. I believe our scripture passage is next. I don't have my bulletin in front of me, but let's see if I can clean these up fast. Scripture reading this morning is from Numbers 11, verses 4 to 6, 10 to 16, and 24 to 29. can be found in your regular print Bible on page 129 and the large print Bible on page 197. The rabble among them had a strong craving, and the Israelites also wept again and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. Then the Lord became very angry, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you treated your servant so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a sucking child to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give to all this people. For they come weeping to me and say, give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once. If I have found favor in your sight and do not let me see my misery. So the Lord said to Moses, gather for me, 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, bringing them to the tent of meeting and having them take their place there with you. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent and so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. 
And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of the chosen men, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people, the Lord's people, were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Here endeth God's holy word. Let us sing our next hymn together. So I know when I come to worship, most of the time, I like hearing the readings from Scripture that I know and that I've heard before. Not only does it make me feel good or even relieved that I know the Bible well enough to recognize a story from it, but there's a little more attached to it, to that reading. So if I hear something from the Christmas story or Psalm 23, I might be able to remember what I've heard said about it before, or where I was when I last heard that passage. If it's a familiar story, there's a chance that something from my memory is attached to it, which can make it even more meaningful, and perhaps you can relate. That's more than likely 
not the case for today. Truthfully, it's not that often that we read from the book of Numbers and only the book of Numbers in a worship service. And so I'll be doing a lot of recapping today in the hopes that we become slightly more familiar with what perhaps might be a new story for some of us, but that we also might be blessed by God's Spirit with this story as well. So we pick up with Moses and the Israelites. They had escaped out of Egypt, and at this point they had been traveling through the wilderness for quite some time. And along the way, the Israelites grew a little restless and frustrated and angry that even though they were free, they couldn't get the food that they wanted to eat. Wandering around in the wilderness was a little tough on them. And they kept saying that they'd rather go back to Egypt and back into slavery because at least as slaves they were fed well. So God gave them manna and quail. And this all happened for one of the first times in Exodus 16, which, if this is beginning to sound a little familiar, it's because we heard this story in worship about a month and a half ago or so. So if you are one to maybe even remember that and the light bulb kind of goes on, you are to absolutely be commended for your memory because half the time I don't even remember what I preach from week to week. So good for you. But anyway, we're in the middle of this story. And Moses begins to hear people not just complaining, but outright crying, crying outside of their tents. People are getting really upset with God. And likewise, God is getting really upset with the people, so upset that at one point, God threatens the camp by putting a fire around the entire encampment. Kind of scary for those people, I'm sure. So as God and the Israelites go back and forth and back and forth, Moses finds himself in the middle of all this. And he hears so many voices pulling him in so many directions. He begins to feel overwhelmed, and rightfully so, overwhelmed by this gigantic task of leading thousands of people out of slavery and into freedom. So not really knowing what to do, and not really knowing who to talk to about his struggles, Moses goes to speak with God. And actually speaking is putting it rather lightly. Because listen to Moses' words again, and I'll read them. And you'll hear that he's in no mood to simply speak or negotiate or ask God kindly to take away his troubles. No, this is Moses. Why have you treated your servant so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them, into your bosom, uh, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a sucking child to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors? No. Where am I to get meat to give all of these people? For they came weeping to me weeping and saying, give us meat to eat. No, I am not able to carry all of these people alone, for they are too heavy for me. And if this is the way that you, God, are going to treat me, put me to death at once. But if I have found favor in your sight, do not let me see my misery. 
Those are pretty harsh words from Moses. And Moses isn't just speaking. He might actually be yelling, and yelling even more than what I just portrayed. He's flat out accusing God of not doing God's job. Imagine all of the stress and the frustration that's built up in Moses over time. All the responsibility from leading all of these people, all the complaining that he's heard, all of the impossibly tall orders to do that come from God, all those times that he put his own reputation on the line for God, that's got to be exhausting. And so it's no wonder why we see Moses at his wit's end. And if God doesn't come to help him soon, then he's done. And in fact, he says he'd rather die. And when we hear about Moses in Sunday school or in other readings, we don't think about this story, do we? When Moses is literally one moment away from letting it all go and just walking away, we don't read this story. What we hear in Moses' words, though, is that what God is laying in front of him is simply too much. His plate is just too full. And I wonder how many of us can relate to that. Many of us have felt overwhelmed by this world. Our plates are too full with so many different things. Maybe we're concerned about ourselves our health, our relationships, our future, our own identity, our jobs or our retirement, our houses or our cars, our schedules, maybe our, the expectations people uh, have for us, and maybe the expectations we put on ourselves. Maybe we're concerned about the well-being of someone close to us. Or maybe we're fighting through or seeing someone fight through some addiction or abuse, or mental illness, or financial problems, or depression. Or maybe we're at a loss when we're bombarded by the news about politics, and natural disasters, and shootings, and other injustices. We just get pulled in so many different directions sometimes that we might all get to a point, whether it's one particular day, or if it's a season in our lives, where we just say, I'm done. And this just needs to stop. And many of you have probably heard an expression often said by Christians in times like this, that God doesn't give us what we can't handle. Now, some adhere to this and find comfort in this. And for some, this might even be their experience. But it doesn't work for everyone. And this is one of those stories in the Bible that it just simply does not work for. Most of the time, our problems can't be fixed by a single quote. And like Moses recognizes, sometimes our problems are too heavy, in his words, for us to take on alone. See, if God gave Moses what he could handle, God's response would have been, it's all right, you got this. But that's not what God did, and that's not what God said. And God didn't make Moses stronger, and God didn't take away any of the problems or the responsibilities, and God didn't suddenly zap everyone out of the wilderness and put them in the promised land just like that. No. Instead, God instructed Moses to get 70 people together 
so that they might share his hardships. God said in one of the in-between verses in the Numbers chapter, in our reading that we actually did not read, that we skipped over, God said, I will take some of the spirit that is on you, Moses, and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people along with you, so that you will not bear it all by yourself. God gifted Moses with people to share his burdens. Suddenly, there were people in Moses' life who knew his passions and fears and his joys and his struggles. And Moses' story could have very well ended when he said, I'd rather die. But because of the help of others, his story and the story of the Israelites went on. This story about Moses shows us that other people can be a gift for us. In times where we think that we are alone, the gift of people can help us share our burdens, our joys, our pains, our hopes, and our entire lives. The gift of people can help our stories go on in times where it seems like they might stop. And there may not be a more valuable gift than that. So maybe you still need to trust this gift. And I pray that you somehow find the strength to reach out to someone to find the support that you need. Or perhaps there are people in your life already who you would consider to be gifts. Perhaps a face just popped up in your mind when I said that. And as you continue to think of those faces, of those people, I would encourage you to think of your own face as well, as you are a gift from God. Just like there were people there for Moses, you have the potential to be there for someone, to be a gift from God to them. And you could be the one that someone else needs to share their burdens or their ideas with. And you could be the one that someone else needs to keep their story going when everything else is telling them that their story should end. So as we venture back out into the world after this service, may we give thanks to God for the gift of people around us. And may we pray for those who have not yet received or recognized this gift. And may we recognize ourselves as potential gifts to those around us. Amen. As we think of ourselves and others as gifts, we also recognize that we have each been given a varied set of gifts. As this verse in our offering, right below our offering printed in our bulletin, recognizes. And I invite you to reflect on that as we go on with our offering and our worship service today. From 1 Peter 4.10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Let us recognize our gifts and give our gifts at this time.
Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we come before you today with open hands and open hearts, ready to depend on you to help us through our tough choices and difficult situations. Help us to remember that you are always there for us if we just stop to listen for your guidance and direction. Thank you for blessing us in so many ways. May we pass those blessings forward, treating each person we encounter as you would, with respect, love, and forgiveness. As we offer these gifts today, we pray that they be used to continue your work on earth and bring honor to your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. And at this time, we have an opportunity to share our own prayer joys and concerns with one another and with God. I will share some that I have and then would open it up to any of you who feel called and led to share your own. First, we lift up our prayers for Mike and Myra Jones, who are here today. Uh, They will be leaving shortly uh, for Nepal to visit Vani and Shanti Pradhan in the Moravian School. Uh, Myra will be leaving this week, right, or later this week, and then Mike the week after. And they will be there for a little bit, uh, almost two weeks, between one and two weeks, maybe a week and a half or so, uh, working in the school that is there. So uh, Mike and Myra are uh, traveling blessings and uh, uh, be with you as as you uh, revisit once again uh, the ministries over in Nepal. And uh, uh, we wish uh, uh, Vani and Shanti uh, well, too, with that. Uh, Also, we keep in mind uh, many of those whom I guess we have heard about uh, uh, on the news, uh, those in North and South Carolina still after they uh, recover from Hurricane Florence, uh, and uh, many of those who are in Indonesia at this time as uh, they went through uh, multiple earthquakes and a tsunami where they have seen uh, hundreds die because of that. And so as they are uh, recovering, we keep them in our thoughts and prayers as well. Are there any other joys or concerns that uh, you would like to share this morning? How might we, as a congregation, pray for you today? Yes. Peg, we're glad that you're here. And uh, blessings as you travel back home in a few days as well. But uh, we certainly rejoice upon that many opportunities that we get to uh, to visit with loved ones. So, Peg, welcome, welcome back. <laughs> Are there others? Yes, Anne. We'll certainly keep Dan and Colton in our thoughts and prayers as they are deployed to Iraq and Japan, respectively. And we'll certainly keep Anne, your family, in our thoughts and prayers during this time as well. Yes.
Absolutely. So, Eric, we'll certainly keep a, a, a student and a staff member in our thoughts and prayers uh, in the midst of their situation, and we hope that God's peace be with them. Are there others? Yes, Gloria. Thank you, Gloria. We will certainly keep uh, both of those prayer requests uh, in our thoughts and prayers. And traveling mercies to you as well. Are there other joys or concerns? Yes. We certainly rejoice with your son and your entire family upon his 69th birthday. It's also Eric's birthday today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 69. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to say a thing. <laughs> that, joys and concerns together, let us come to our God in prayer. Wonderful, merciful, loving and gracious Lord, we come to you today with many thanks upon our hearts. We thank you for uh, the joy that it is to uh, travel to be together with loved ones. Uh, We thank you for opportunities to celebrate for the many birthdays in which we celebrate as well. And for other milestones and opportunities, Lord, we give you thanks. And Lord, we thank you for being with us and many others during more difficult times. Uh, Times of pain and times of healing, uh, times of disaster, and times where guidance is needed. Lord, it is often we we pray for solutions that we think would help us, and yet you provide in ways that sometimes we are not aware of, at least at first. And on this day, Lord, we thank you for the gift of those in our lives who have been with us 
through joyous times and through hard times. Those who we can talk to and share our uh, brightest days and our deepest concerns. We thank you for the gift of people. And Lord, may you continue to be with us, to teach us and to shape us into a loving community, into people who are gifts, gifts from you, who can manifest your kingdom here in this world. We thank you for drawing us together as your body and continue to shape us as that. Lord, many prayer joys and concerns have been spoken, and we thank you for hearing each and every one, and yet there are many still on our hearts that have yet to be spoken. And so hear us now as we lift those prayers of our hearts up to you in this moment of silence. Bless us and comfort us, your holy community, and your children in this world, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. As we think of ourselves as gifts from God to others, and others as gifts from God to ourselves, let us stand and sing perhaps a familiar him called together and united number 624.
May we continue to give thanks to God that we do not have to journey this life alone. God has given us others to walk alongside us. And may we recognize ourselves as gifts from God, manifestations of God's caring grace, willing to listen to others and lend a helping hand to those in need. May our varied gifts come together as one as we continue to bring out God's kingdom in this world. So sisters and brothers, go in peace and go in this faith to love and serve the Lord. Amen.